0: Children are a heritage from children the are heritage children, of ono- children are a
1: heritage from the Children are a heritage from the Children are a heritage from people. Children are a heritage from the world. Children are a heritage from the Lord
0: hi everyone and welcome to the abolish abortion missouri podcast where we believe children are a heritage from the lord and we're working toward the complete and total abolition of abortion in missouri i am your host brandon and this is episode two and uh very excited about that you know two episodes in here we go i've got with me today violet stevens um who is uh you know first and foremost uh wife to russell mother to 10 children and uh, um, on top of that she is a midwife here in missouri and she actually serves on the executive board for abolish abortion missouri along with Wes scroggins from episode one and uh, a number of others and so we're very very excited to have you with us here uh today violet and i just i Thank wanted you, to Rick. oh man yeah it's, it's good to good to have you Great. and
1: Great to be here. Thanks.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So, yeah, I've been involved in women' he- in women's health in varying capacities for about 20 years now, mm. uh, primarily as an educator and a provider, and I'm currently practicing here in Missouri.
0: Oh, fantastic. So, what, um, wh- what would you say... When it comes to you know being being a midwife and being involved in women's healthcare, mm-hmm. you've 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 kind of it's you've run the gamut basically.
1: Yes, yeah, Th- this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. As you said, I have ten children, um, and I, I agree that children are a blessing, a heritage from the Lord. Um, and you know, I've I've really seen that. I've been very very blessed with many many experiences over the years to really um, see that and and just be very blessed. Uh so I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. You asked me, um, you know, is abortion health care? And I just thought, you know, we need to kind of, we need to, to go back and, and look at, um, you know, what is health? You know, yeah. let's discuss, let's kind of define what is health. If health is a physiological state where, where, you know, your bodily systems are all functioning appropriately and completely the way that they were designed to, um, that would be like a state of wholeness or health, I mm-hmm. would think. Yeah, and you know, I see medicine as being like to improve or restore the function so that your bodily systems are functioning the way that they're supposed to, the way that they're designed to. Um, and and when you think of it in those terms, it kind of answers the question: Is abortion healthcare? Well, is it is it restoring a function? Right.
0: Is yeah, it, absolutely not. Yeah. Is
1: it bringing about a state of wholeness? I mean, what is it doing?
0: And it's, you know. It's this, sorry. No, no, you're fine. That's, that's, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted this particular subject is abortion healthcare. One of the reasons why I wanted that to be episode two is because, you know, we're still hot on the heels of Roe v. Wade being overturned. um, Mm -hmm. And so much of the, of the rhetoric, um, and and I'm just going to say it dishonest language that Mm -hmm. I'm seeing on Facebook and Twitter and every other social verse, Um, you know, uh, all surrounding all these tragic implications supposedly um, Mm -hmm. that come from the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, the biggest one is that abortion is healthcare, And so we abolitionists uh, and even pro-life people, um, you know, we want to stay in our separate camps there. But, you know, we abolitionists, we hate women because we don't want them to be healthy. And if we wanted them to be healthy, then certainly we would allow for abortion. And um, so so. Yeah, talk talk a little bit about. I love what you said about abortion um, not being healthcare because health is about wholeness. Health is about the body functioning the way it's supposed to, um, and uh, and uh, at least There's no place in medicine. Right, right for murder. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you break your arm, you doctor, they've got therapies, they've got medications, they've got ways to fix this, right? Mm. You know, you have diabetes, your doctor uses medication, they use various treatments to help restore your metabolism, so, so your body uses the energy, right? Yeah. Abortion doesn't do that. Abortion destroys function, it destroys life, it destroys health. It is exactly the opposite
0: so good. That's so good. So why, um, I have a couple different specific questions that, that I have seen getting thrown around. And these are the, these are the ones that people talk about so much when they bring up, um, this abortion is healthcare argument, uh, against the abolitionist position, or, or even right now, <laughs> right now, it's like, um, we still have a, a lot of work to do that maybe our pro-life, uh, brothers and sisters don't see all of that Mm -hmm. right now, but, um, we are all getting lumped into the same bucket from the, from, uh, pro aborts, you know, they're, they're not making those distinctions. And so they're saying all of us hate women. Um, and they've got these different, these different, um, uh, specific objections, but before I even jump into those, just real fast, why do you think it is that, this phraseology came about in the first place where did we shift from um health being restorative and having to do with um what what your body's naturally doing and and how it's supposed to be functioning naturally to this kind of um uh self gratification being you know because uh-huh. you know this touches i mean i'm sure you're you're there with me this touches the trans issue you know oh absolutely touches this touches you know gender
1: mutilation puberty blockers same thing destroying that function they don't want it to be whole they don't want it to work right they want to totally destroy it and annihilate it
0: yeah yeah so what do do i
1: think that came from
0: (laughs) yes yeah
1: i i think it came from the pit
0: Mm. yeah
1: (laughs) you know i is i you know i i think that um there's a lot of lies out there. We people, we like to believe lies. If it's, if we feel like we're going to get something out of it, It, it's easy to believe. Um, But, you know, and honestly, you know, I, I used to think that way very much um, because I was raised up in that I went to public school and, and I was raised thinking a certain way, being trained a certain way and thinking that it's normal to be doing these kinds of things. Um, And, and it wasn't until I started reading the Bible and then you know, reading what God says about this and what God says about that, that I started getting a little, wait a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, 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 uh, it turns everything on its head from the way that our culture is moving at least, you know, I would, I would love to, to read more on the development of this unnatural view of health that has so overtaken, um, mm-hmm. Our culture, especially, yeah. it just seems like at breakneck speeds in the last yeah. 20 years um, and even, yeah. you know, five years, really. Yeah. Four years, really.
1: Growing off all reality.
0: Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to um, the, our, our body does, women's bodies absolutely do at times not function like they should. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we have, you know, things like ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages. That's right. So. That's right. Um, first off, just recognizing we deny that abortion is healthcare. And so therefore we deny that killing an unborn baby from a, an ectopic pregnancy would be the route for healthcare. But mm-hmm. for anybody who is unfamiliar with, um, you know, you were telling me a little bit right before we started, you know, t- mm-hmm. explain a little bit about what ectopic pregnancies are and sure. why, why people, say or why all this dishonest um, rhetoric yeah. is out there well, right now? So, I,
1: I think a lot of it, you got to remember, a lot of this kind of started back in the fifties and sixties when it was really easy to just kind of make stuff up. And most mm. people would just say, okay, they got a degree. They must know what they're talking about. But here we are in 2022 and this kind of stuff is getting ridiculous. So an ectopic pregnancy is that's basically where the pregnancy implants outside of the uterus it's supposed to implant inside of the uterus sometimes it doesn't sometimes it'll plant implant down in the cervix sometimes it'll implant abdominally somewhere in the abdominal cavity most commonly it'll implant somewhere in the fallopian tube and when it does this most commonly what ends up happening is it gets to a point where the baby can't develop any farther. It's not able to get the nutrients it needs. The placenta comes off and starts to bleed and then the baby dies and the, you know, the mother will bleed and she'll, she'll go to the hospital in pain. They'll find that she had an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and if it's ruptured the tube, if it was a tubal uh, ectopic, um, then they usually will have to remove the tube, um, stop the bleeding for the mom. And, the baby is dead. So they, you know, they take the baby out and, but there's nothing they can do for that. You know, it's, it's, it's a very unusual thing that happens, but it does happen, but this is not, this is not an abortion. This is not, if you went to Planned Parenthood and you had an ectopic pregnancy, they would send you to the emergency room. They would send you to the hospital where they do real medicine, where there's real doctors who can address these issues because they cannot address that in an abortion clinic. So to act like this has anything to do with abortion it's just like,
0: <laughs> right. where
1: where do you where are you getting that from?
0: So I I know one of the things that people say is is um, the default quote unquote treatment for an ectopic oh. pregnancy where the, where the baby is uh, still alive. The default treatment is abortion, um, mm-hmm. and uh, every you know pro-abortion uh, advocate says that any of the evidence or any of the historical. Uh, references that we have to, you know, to ectopic pregnancies being transplanted and things like that. They just say, it's all false. It's all spurious. And then, you know, you have a lot of pro- do- pro-life doctors who say, no, this is doable. This is, this is yeah. possible. So yeah. shed a little light on that as well.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're definitely there a hundred years ago. Um, there, there are records of a doctor who had implanted, uh, a case where he had implanted, um, uh, ectopic pregnancy, Back into the uterus at a particular gestational age, and it actually began to grow, had a normal, healthy pregnancy, and then a normal, healthy baby. Uh, after that, and there there have been other cases. Um, I'm not remembering the specific names to to these cases where this has happened. And then in more modern history, I've heard of cases where somebody's in labor um, and it turns out that they're not progressing. You know, nothing's happening with the cervix. They end up with a C-section. Turns out they had an abdominal pregnancy, didn't know it. Deliver a perfectly healthy, you know, seven-pound baby without any problem. I mean, they had to have a cesarean, obviously. Mm. But I mean, with the baby being normal, normal, healthy, without any problems or anything. Um, And nobody knew that the pregnancy was abdominal, you know, until they opened her up. And that kind of stuff happens. So to say that if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, it is absolutely 100% lethal. That's just wrong. It's just disingenuous. Yeah, it's yeah, that's not true. And I think that I, th- I do think that we would be a lot further along with treatments for ectopic pregnancies, um, and maybe even cases where we're able to save a lot of these babies if there wasn't this kind of mass hysteria about not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like we just can't do that.
0: Yeah. I don't, One thing that it has seemed to me, and 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 I'm I'm definitely uh, I know what a woman is, but I am still, nevertheless, not a biologist. And um, (laughs) (laughs) and um, uh, you know, one thing that has been clear to me is that when we default. Uh, you know, medical procedures or medical science uh, to something like abortion, right? Uh, then there's no mm-hmm. need. There's no need to further the science. There's no need okay. to further any medical technology to try to figure out the way because we have now we have our prescribed treatment. And well, so, we've we've
1: also stopped practicing practicing medicine, right? right because medicine is the restoration. Mm. Medicine is is bringing about. Uh, wholeness or completeness, re- restoring the health. And so if, if our attempts aren't even going in that direction, are we practicing medicine anymore? What what are we practicing?
0: Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And, and I think an, another really important piece of it is that when we, when we find, like you, you mentioned, you know, there, there are absolutely situations where um a baby is uh, a baby's life is threatened or a, a mom's mm-hmm. life is threatened, um, yeah, even absolutely. in ectopic pregnancies. But the problem even there is that the default is still to just take the life of the child instead of the default being positively to try to save both, yeah baby try to and save mom. them both
1: try to triage like you would in any in any situation where you've got multiple people who are at risk and try to triage and do the best you can to save both and that that really is what ethically doctors have historically done but it seems like when it comes to this this particular issue we we no longer see the baby as a person we just culturally we just don't do that we say they're a person but we really don't we don't treat them that way
0: mm. Yeah. And and because we've lived of,
1: in a culture of death for 50 years.
0: Yeah. It's it's destroyed, you know, it's destroyed our ability to, to think about any of these things. It, it, it causes even well-meaning uh, abolitionists to not have answers that would seem so basic or fundamental. Mm-hmm. Like somebody says, well, what are you going to do when you truly do have a an ectopic pregnancy that's threatening the life of the mother? And the answer would just be like if you had any other situation where you had to try to save two people. It's that you try yeah. to save both people. <laughs> you
1: try to save them both. You do the best you can with what you have.
0: Yeah. And but you
1: don't you don't ever have to kill somebody to save somebody
0: else. Yeah. This this language of make abortion, uh, what 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 was the language? Make abortion unnecessary or something like that. It's it's always been unnecessary, right? It's always That's been right. unnecessary.
1: Or unthinkable. Unthinkable. It is unthinkable.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't
1: need to make it unthinkable. It's unthinkable already.
0: Yes. Yes. So uh, along with ectopic pregnancies, and I think that, that, I mean, and you even said, it's kind of an umbrella term that covers many different complications, but. Yeah. You know, very just,
1: unique, very unique situations. Some yes. are a lot more really dire than others. Others, you know, yeah, there, I think in some like abdominal pregnancies and stuff, there's probably many cases there where, where that could be really worked with. There could be therapies developed. Mm. So, and, and also catching them early, you know, catching them er- early and developing technology to be able to uh, implant
0: yeah, back yeah. into the uterus. Well, that would be, yeah. I would love to see that, uh, that, that science actually pursued, that medicine yeah. actually practiced. I, uh, I saw a statistic this past week that said one to 2% of all pregnancies are ectopic. And um, one, I'm not sure, I'd, li- I'd like to know if what you think of that statistic, but two, as you've brought up, ectopic pregnancy doesn't only mean these ones where a baby is dying and it's going to threaten the life of the mother. And yet that's what mm-hmm. everybody assumes ectopic yeah. means. And so the statistic even by itself tends to be a kind of misinformation. I think so. Yeah. So would you, would you, um, does that, does that number even sound right? I mean, I was was actually
1: one to 2% of pregnancies being ectopic. Um, and
0: yeah, in your own experience, what have you seen?
1: (laughs) It, I I think it's probably, yeah, maybe around 1% are ectopic, but that's including like cervical and it's including, and you got to remember, um, some women who have like fertility issues, they'll have multiple ectopic pregnancies. You know, and so there's some people who are at very high risk, and they'll have, you know, they'll they'll have multiple ones, and then you know, other people who are very low risk. In a low risk population, women who've never had uterine surgery, um, it's very, very, very low risk. But in like, say, a woman has had multiple cesareans or that kind of thing, then her risk of having an ectopic goes up. Or if she's had like endometriosis or or other issues, then the risk goes up.
0: Gotcha. But just to, just to clarify again, that doesn't mean life-threatening. That's one of the problems with the way that the, the pro-abortion yeah, community they, is using this if, language.
1: Yes. Like, like we assume that every single time that somebody has an ectopic pregnancy, it's going to be life-threatening. No, it's potentially life-threatening. It's potentially life-threatening to get in your car and drive right. to the doctors because there
0: are car accidents too. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's that's some of the that's some of the myth dispelling that, or uh, I want, or rhetoric dispelling that I wanted to do is just uh, clarify that one, uh, a, a single word is being used to describe all kinds of different mm-hmm. um, pregnancies that vary in a in a large way in risk. Yes. And then on top of that, um, these statistics are just being thrown around without any of that type of information being made available. Yes. So. It's creating this hysteria, like you said.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think there's a little bit of hysteria going on. And, um, you know, I I don't know what the exact statistics are. Like if uh, we couldn't know because we really were not we're not practicing this way um, where, you know, what what would happen if you didn't do anything when you find a a ectopic if you waited and just kind of watched um, and just kind of monitored. I I don't know how many of those would just spontaneously miscarry. You know what I mean? Mm. We don't know that because we don't generally manage that way.
0: Right. Yeah. We try to save people. Yeah. Treat people. (laughs) What a thought. (laughs) Um, so the other, the other big one, and it's, it's closely related, but the other big one that people are throwing around is miscarriages. And I don't know how many times I, but prior to June 24th, I had never heard anybody say that removing a miscarried baby from a mom's womb was a abortion was coded as an abortion. Um, so one, is that even true? And two, certainly that's not what we're talking about when anybody uses the word abortion, at least colloquially. Yes.
1: So so like in layman's terms, when like here in Missouri, when we say miscarriage, we're talking about somebody who's had a spontaneous loss of life, usually early on the pregnancy. Um, Legally, it includes any spontaneous loss of life under 20 weeks old, but we do use the term in midwifery in, in obstetrics. We do use the term spontaneous abortion. That means miscarriage.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Um, and, and then what we refer to as in general layman's terms, we call abortion. Um, we would cause in midwifery and in obstetrics, we would call that elective abortion or we'd call that termination of pregnancy. Right. They are not coded the same. Um, in, in many cases with a miscarriage, what you have is you'll have the loss of the baby and then the baby remains there, you know, passed away. You find that the baby has passed away by ultrasound or something like that at a doctor's appointment. Um, and it's very common that the baby will remain there for three or four weeks until, you know, the hormones kick in and say, okay, we've had a miscarriage, it's time to complete the miscarriage. Um, and then a, a woman, you know, would complete the miscarriage. Um, and in some cases, they, you know, maybe when the woman is completing the miscarriage, maybe she start bleeding heavy, so she might need to go have a DNC. Now that DNC, that dilation and curettage um, that she has, that's the same method that is used for a lot of first trimester abortions, elective abortions. And that the the difference of that is in the case of a miscarriage, the physician is coming and they're scraping away, retained pieces of a placenta that's causing the mother to hemorrhage. They're saving her life. Mm. The baby has already passed they can't do much about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, or they're, you know, saving her from losing much blood, you know, not necessarily saving life. Um, whereas, and, and so they're they're restoring her health, right? In the case of an abortion, what they're doing is they're going in there, they're scraping up healthy placenta away from Uh, you know, where it's supposed to be implanted, killing a baby and actually causing a hemorrhage, Mm -hmm. which they, you know, after they finish what they do, then they usually get the bleeding under
0: control. Yeah. So just destroying. Yeah. A a massive difference. And, and even, even taking, you know, good tools, good medical tools and using them for just utterly evil purposes.
1: And they use it something now that, that is developed to save, to help. To restore and using it to destroy
0: yeah so we need to we need to make sure when we are um talking and and engaging especially with pro-abortion people um that we are educating them that they are not coded the same that just because the word abortion gets put in the uh sentence or the phrase that that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that that all all this hysteria that that doctors are actually refusing to um you know, remove, help, you know, do, do whatever's needed to remove miscarriages, you know, they're just throwing their hands up and saying, no, I I can't help you.
1: Yeah. I do not think I have never, ever heard of any doctor be like, oh, I can't, I can't do that because it might get, you know, coded as an abortion. I don't want to get in trouble. I mean that seriously,
0: yeah, so we need to yeah, we need to um just dispel that myth and and you know, if 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 there are places where that's happening, it it just raises doubts um and suspicions about the motivations yeah. behind these people who would be you know, if there yeah. really was a doctor who's doing that, then he's he's pro-abortion. Yeah. He wants there to be these types of horror stories so yeah. that this gets blown out of proportion and creates more hysteria. Yeah. So I, I'm not trying to put on a tinfoil hat, but the the malicious motivations of so many people have been made plain yeah. and clear. Uh, and so we don't want to just take at face value the, the Reddit posts or whatever <laughs> that yeah. are talking about the millions of women that are going to die because of this. Absolutely. Well, no, so that's all of this is super helpful, super clarifying. Um, the last thing that I wanted to to walk through a little bit with you was, um, in Missouri. So, so bring it specifically to Missouri here in Missouri, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And then we had a trigger mm-hmm. law, uh, signed in yeah. place by the attorney general and, uh, yeah. and the governor. Um, yeah. and it's, everybody's praising it because it's such a strong law because it, it, it does away with all abortions. Um Except for in the case of medical emergencies, so first off, like Wes and I discussed uh, last week, it doesn't even begin to deal with fifty percent of the abortions yeah. that happen in Missouri because they're chemical. But secondly, yeah. what are medical emergencies? What even does that mean?
1: yeah, so so, Um, I just, I, I, I went online and I looked up the, the, uh, that revised statute, um, and it's called the right to life of the unborn child act. And I just wrote down the first paragraph of it. Um, it says notwithstanding any other provision of law to the contrary, no abortion shall be performed or induced upon a woman, except in cases of medical emergency, Any person who knowingly performs or induces an abortion of an unborn child should be guilty of a class B felony, as well as subject to suspension or revocation of their license. And it goes on to grant immunity to aborting women. Um, So... a few flaws with that, um, <laughs> for hmm. sure. I think we kind of need to define the terms. So I went and I looked at, you know, what what they wrote in there for their definitions. And their definition of abortion was the act of using or prescribing any instrument, device, medicine drug or any other means or substance with intent to destroy the life of an embryo or fetus in his or her mother's womb or to end a pregnancy with intention other than increase the probability of live birth or remove a dead unborn child. And so what that means um, it is that it, inc- it does include chemical abortions. So abortifacients mm. are actually illegal under this statute. And that's great.
0: That is But truly I think amazing. that there's
1: a lot of confusion with our, um, I, I think we have a lot of confusion about what is, what is abortifacient, what is contraceptive, when, when does conception start, those kinds of things, because the obfuscation that we've been having in our culture. And so a lot of our leaders aren't even quite sure what all this means. <laughs> Gotcha. But gotcha. the law actually, actually, from my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. Um, it does appear to include chemical means of causing the death of a child. Um, but then, yeah, you you ta- uh, you talk about medical emergency. Now they define a medical emergency as a condition which, based on reasonable medical judgment, so complicates the medical condition of a pregnant woman as to necessitate the immediate abortion of her pregnancy to avert the death of the pregnant woman or for which a delay will create a serious risk of substantial and irreversible physical impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman. Mm. That's a medical emergency. So when they say medical emergency, what does that mean? I mean, I see that and I think that abortion causes that right abortion causes irrevo- irreversible physical impairment of a major bodily fu- function you just stop somebody from bringing a life forth
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so and and i mean you know our our who is the head of the um the department of health in in the united states the federal head um rachel levine that guy
0: <laughs> the guy yep <laughs> he,
1: he says yeah. he says like you know genital mutilation and puberty blocks are, pu- pu- puberty blockers are medically necessary. Yeah. So if he can say those are medically necessary, then just imagine how much fun people can have with this loophole. So right. I don't, I think that the loophole of medical emergency, I think that needs to be addressed. I think Absolutely. that just needs to be struck out of there.
0: Well, and it's, it's especially because I've I've talked to uh, senator. So so, I so I also read um, the 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 bill or the law the law. I guess now it's officially a law statute. And um, mm-hmm. I read it and I texted uh, a couple state senators and said, "Does this include a of patients?" And I uh-huh. was told no. Yeah, they don't <laughs> so know. They have no idea. So. They haven't read it. So that's and that's I mean, so I don't know if they've read too, it. Because it looked to me like it did, and then and then it wasn't sure, and then I wasn't sure once I talked to to them. So yeah, we need some clarification. Missouri yeah. desperately needs some clarification on this on this law because mm-hmm. that means that we should be able to go to Walgreens and like call the police, right?
1: That's right. <laughs> Walgreens, Walgreens actually should um, be penalized potentially with a class B felony.
0: Yeah. For selling, uh, plan B pills. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a a huge uh, revelation and I, I want to, so, so you tell me, let's, we're kind of pushing the envelope here time-wise. So, so as we close, um, thank you so much. First off, this has been, oh, absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Yes. And, um, uh, what, what's the best way in your opinion, what's the best way to, get the information out to get clarification on this bill. What, what would you say people, you know, who are listening right now, what could they do to, I mean, not to be super cliche, but to take part yeah. in the fight specifically yeah. for Missouri and um, raising That's, awareness about what the law is and yeah. also still showing its deficiencies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that, it, you know, it's good to go to the statutes chapter 188.017 is that, is that trigger law. Um, the definitions are just above it in I think it's 0.015 and read your check it out for yourself, you know. Don't take my word for it, check it out for yourself. And I would say, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to the people at church, talk to anybody who's who's receptive about this and let them know, you know, and and I think I mean. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure that this is going to make a lot of people feel real, really uncomfortable. But being in women's health, I see a lot, and I really think that um, there's a lot of this going on in the church. There's there's a lot of abortion going on in the church, mm-hmm. and judgment starts in the house of God. And I think yeah. that we as Christians really need to repent. Um, we need to we need to really read what the word says about this and we need to believe God and we need to repent and we really need to speak the truth. I really think that we need to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: from that point, you know, you start, starts in household, starts at a home, starts in churches, and it moves outward to the community. It moves outward, you know, to places of influence uh, businesses um, you know, into the, into the sphere of the state government, they need to be informed. They don't know what's right and wrong yes. anymore. They're starting, yes. they're starting to really not even be sure what makes a man, what makes a woman. Right. Um, they're, they're really struggling. They need churches, solid churches, pastors, leaders to, to call them, to the truth, to say, look, this is the truth. This is what we need to be doing. This is what's right. This is what's just, this is what's good. Um, And they really do need to be informed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, Violet, thank you so much for being on with us today. And uh, Thank you for having me this podcast i'm very blessed
1: to be part of this yeah Oh
0: man yep i am i am too the little parts that i get to play same here for sure um we live in we live in difficult but exciting times yes
1: yeah god is doing work (laughs)
0: Uh, all all the time all the time he truly is this has been the abolish abortion missouri podcast where we believe children are a heritage from the lord and we're working toward the complete and total abolition of abortion in missouri if you haven't Gone on to the AbolishAbortionMO.org website. Go do that. Sign up for the newsletter. That's one way to stay connected to what we're doing. This uh, podcast is available on our website. It is available on Spotify and on iTunes and just about anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Like and share and spread, uh, especially this episode with its information for women. With that, we, uh, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day